Cybersecurity is an ever-growing field, and representation within it matters more than ever. We here at the Other Side of the Firewall podcast strive to highlight those movers and shakers and glass ceiling breakers, people of color who have made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall into those senior and C-suite level positions. Aside from interviews of IT professionals just like you, our crew will have fun discussing the latest and greatest news, measures to protect yourself from bad actors on the interwebs, and sprinkle in some games and entertainment as well. Now with that out of the way, let's get to the show. Happy belated Thanksgiving, everybody. My name is Ryan Williams, and today, as always, I'm joined by Shannon Thomas. What's up, what's up? And LeVon Maynard. Hey, what's going on? All right, today's show, we will discuss a ComputerWorld.com article we found topical to the platform, uh, fallout from the new rollout of Amazon Sidewalk on all your Amazon Edge electronics, the recent spike in ransomware this year, and how it's impacted Capcom for at least four years, and last but not least, uh, we would like to introduce a new segment called Patch Notes. In this segment, we will discuss the latest and greatest security bugs in the news and if and how they've been patched uh, to keep you safe. This week, I saw two interesting ones, uh, one from Tesla and another from Facebook Messenger that I feel are pretty important to talk about this week. But before all that, how's everybody's Thanksgiving? Man, Thanksgiving was pretty good, man. Can't complain. It was... Uh small affair you know with everything going on in the world with covid it was a small affair we didn't you know make a lot of food or anything like that so our leftovers are almost gone you know you got you got thanksgiving you have some <laughs> later on in the night and thanksgiving you have some more and then the next day it ends up being some lunch you know so we're almost done with our leftovers but it, it was a good good time spend time with the family and uh that's pretty much all you can ask for right yeah absolutely yeah I had, I had a pretty good one as well. I had a chance to hang out with the wife during Thanksgiving. Um, and, and unfortunately, due to COVID, I uh, wasn't able to bring, we normally fly out my mother to uh, visit us during the holidays. But uh, this time it was it was a little uh, concerning, you know, um, just kind of being in that, in that risk group. And I just wanted to make sure to look out for her safety and uh, make sure that she stays, stays healthy. But uh, besides that, we had a great Thanksgiving. We actually... Um, we decided to both save the effort as well as support some local restaurants because we know it's kind of hard. A lot, a lot of these restaurants out here are trying to uh, make do with the times. So we went ahead and uh, bought bought a, a big like Thanksgiving meal from one of the local restaurants here, kind of support them and um, as well as save, our, save the hassle of cooking. <laughs> so, so it came out really good. It was, it was del- delicious. All right. That's what's up. Uh, I, I didn't do much myself. Uh, again, I'm, I'm away from home. So we, we celebrated Thanksgiving a whole month early. So I actually had all of the trimmings and fixes, all that good stuff. My, my wonderful wife made me. So I, I'm good. You know what I mean? For two Thanksgivings, mm. I, I'm going to gain that weight. I don't need to. Don't need to. <laughs> That's right. So a couple passes right. before we get to topic one. Uh, we're going to try to, to not over overproduce this show, so you'll notice there'll be a couple rough edges, but I feel it would be better for it to be more natural than for me to chop everybody up and make it sound like RoboCop uh, in post-production, because uh, I'm not a good producer. So, uh, as always, this episode will go out to the patrons uh, uh, immediately, as soon as I get done doing what little production I'm going to do, seven days early, completely ad-free. And we'll make sure to leave out the Patreon ads from the Patreon feed this time. Because you're already paying, you need to hear that. So, without further ado, topic one. Uh, Shannon was uh, able to share this interesting article with me called "The State of Ethnic Minorities in, in U.S. Tech 2020." Um, I don't want to go too too hard this week on it. Like we, we pretty much discussed this last week, lack of diversity in IT. Uh, I believe it to always be topical as the platform of the show. Uh, However, this article more reinforced last week's CIO article about the topic, and it dwelled deeper into uh, more focus on Silicon Valley and how it's even less diverse than the rest of uh, IT and tech. Uh, Within it, it showed how Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth were on the rise when it came to people of color and IT. However, Silicon Valley hires far less people of color, and often uh, it, it... Further explain, they often come from elite, our elite companies often have ties to elite universities who also have a lack of diversity. And it's basically just a pipeline of bringing people in who uh, may have more of an advantage to being in those positions. 
than those who uh, who are not. Obviously, pipelines can be dangerous, as we all know. The pipeline uh, that is often brought up is the one in the Black community, the, the school-to-prison pipeline, uh, which obviously that type of pipeline is, is not good for the people who are adversely affected by it. And this one uh, shuns, or I should say, is rather not inclusive of people of color. So that's also a message uh, for those companies, in my opinion. Uh, but I, you know, I like to discuss it and kind of get to your guys's uh, opinions on the topic. So yeah, this is this is something we kind of went through last week, right? Where it came to, you know, your second and third order effects of how this this makes it a lot harder to get to that other level, right? So here here's how we think about it, right? So we say, okay, to go to the to support the HBCUs that are there for us, this, that, and the third, but they're not getting hired on. With, with that on their resume, right? You have whatever it may be, A&T, or whatever it may be, state, that may be an HBCU, and people see it on the resume, and it's automatically thought, okay, well, it's not the MITs, it's not the Harvards, the Yales, you know, that they're not, j- they're not allowing a lot of minorities into, you know? So mm-hmm. this, is, this is where that comes from with the second and third order effects. It's not just a matter of, okay, because you know it, uh, you should automatically get the job, but it's one of those things where they like to see certain things that just look good. You know what I mean? And and, and here's the thing, when it comes to these IT companies, they're, they're definitely looking at it. I can remember several years ago, it was, I want to say it was IBM, um, people that were going to University of Phoenix at the time that was considered a diploma mill. Uh, they were just like, if you have your degree from University of Phoenix, we are not even looking at you. You know what I mean? It was one of the things that, that's just one of the policies they had, but um, but it's it's hard, right? Because even with going to the schools, there's different things behind that. And like you were saying, Ryan, we're not going to get too much into you know the politics of that or, or the, the the social inequalities of that or whatever it may be. But it's even hard for minorities to get into some of those other schools. And there's there's uh, there's reports out there on that as well that show it. So it is it is something that's going to be. I don't I don't have an answer for how you overcome it personally, right? I, I know it's an issue, but. I don't have an answer for it to say, okay, well, maybe I can't tell a private organization you should hire from HBCUs. You know, you should hire from people that may not have the Yales, the Harvards, you know, the MITs on their resume. It's just not something I can really do on my own. Absolutely. That's like, uh, yeah, there's only so much we can do as, you know, like as civilians are trying to, um, I don't know, trying to influence, influence, some executives' decisions. Um, I think, you know, as far as like us being on our platform, um, I like that we have this platform here. We can try to bring light to, you know, people of color, black people, you know, uh, you know, Native Americans, others that aren't represented as well. Um, and the fact that that we can, maybe we can be like a little bit of a voice for people out there that, that, or having these issues and, you know, maybe one day, you know, our podcast will come across some CEO, like some, some CEO somewhere will click on it and be like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I realize that, that people of color aren't represented in my company that um, maybe we have to look at how we are hiring people and how my, my recruiters are like researching and identifying candidates for positions. And as well as like, I think a lot of it has to do too with people that are already there. They typically, I think a lot of hires are from like referrals, people that are on the uh, job and they, they already know somebody that they, oh yeah, I got this buddy yeah. with the college with mm-hmm. MIT, you know, well, MIT graduates. Um, I can give you his resume, his or hers, and then, you know, find a job for them. So um, I think initially if we can, I don't know, find a way to get these, these qualified uh, individuals in the door and and you know it can maybe start becoming like a snowball effect where maybe they can start referring people their their friends fellow, fellow graduates from hbcus um that can kind of kind of like i said snowball the effect and, and get more people in the door um but at the same time i know it's i'm sure it's a lot, lot to do with the recruiters themselves and how they they have their pool of people that they pick from and maybe they're looking for keywords when they do like uh jobs you know uh, candidate searches through job resource sites. So it's a, it's a tough one. I don't, I don't know that I don't know if there's like, like Shannon was saying, I'm not sure there's really like a simple answer something that, you know, Oh, just do this. And then that'll take care of the problem. 
And we just got to keep an eye out and, you know, we have to call out people too, as far as identifying maybe people in high positions that are, are kind of blatantly, um, you know, targeting uh, minorities are like not, you know, not allowing them to, to progress or get opportunities within a company. And I'm sure if we do enough research, if people do enough research and they can find the companies that are disproportionately hiring um, when there's plenty of opportunities, when they have like, if they have a, I don't know, a hundred thousand, you know, people of color apply for a job and like, you know, none of them get it, then it's definitely like an issue there. It's, it's hard to get that data. But but you got you brought up a good point though, Levon. You brought up the buddy system, right? Like, hey, I know somebody. Mm-hmm. Let me slide that resume over. Like, that's that's one of the things that that actually contributes to it as well, right? Because when you look at these people that are in these higher echelons, right? So let's think about it. These are these are usually older white males, you know, fifty five, sixty years old. When they were going to school forty years ago, right? They went to school with a lot of people that look like them, right? So that's how the buddy system works, right? Like they're, 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 the school at the time that they were going may not have been as diverse, right? So that just keeps playing itself out with the buddy system. You know, that was a good, right. good thing to bring mm-hmm. up right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that definitely plays into it. I'm, I just know that, you know, even for my own personal job and other ones that a lot of people, you know, get the job because they know somebody. I think even got, I got my job from a friend of mine that, you know, recommending me for the position. Yeah, I got my foot in the door. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of interesting that it works out. Yeah, uh, I, I like that you brought up the topic of, of uh, the referrals and that um, it kind of falls in line with the sponsorship, right? We need sponsors. We need people who uh, are able to, to look at the resumes and look past what's my first name maybe and things of that nature and then just hire based on merit, based on like giving someone an opportunity to, to showcase their talents. So I, I, I agree with mm-hmm. both of those those concepts, and I, I think it kind of all that's the glue that that ties it together. Or those are two analogies that don't go together. <laughs> that's yeah. that's, that's yeah. what makes it work. So topic two, all right, Amazon Sidewalk, right? So this is actually something that it was actually first announced through them back in September of last year, right? And so what Sidewalk is, it's 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 kind of a new kind of. Uh, a wireless network that lets your home cap- capabilities like your your rings and your echoes get a little bit of a a longer range to them right but what it is is it kind of does it by sharing your your network bandwidth with other devices right so not necessarily yours right we all set up we we hopefully all set up our wireless networks to be secure right every device that i want to connect to it can connect to it whether it be you know uh through this SID and this password or, you know, different types of encryption, but that's kind of where this kind of goes out of the box a little bit, right. Um, with this Amazon sidewalk. And so uh, what you run into, and then there's some pros and cons to this. So like me personally, I'll tell you from my personal experience, I don't have any of those types of devices in my home, right. They've always worried me having an echo or something like that. Not that I'm not following the law, right. I'm law abiding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, we all know that. It's one of those things where it was something that me personally, I was never comfortable with. Like I've even had it to where my wife would get, uh, she got us a gift one year, like an Amazon Echo. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to set that up. Like we're not going to have that in the home. Now, again, pros and cons, right? The pros are, um, let's say, for instance, you have some type of wireless device that you're using, right? That's far away from your router. So by doing this, it kind of gives you uh, the ability to have more range from your router and be able to have your devices uh, used better than what you anticipated for the placement in your home, right, for your network. Um, And everybody wants that, right? Everybody wants everything to work all the time, perfectly, 100% of the time. Um, Now, with that being said... Now, there is some some downside to this. This, is, this doesn't act as a replacement to your home Wi-Fi network, right? That's not what this is. Um, as a matter of fact, the bandwidth, so Amazon says the, the maximum bandwidth, I think they said was 80 kilobytes per second or something like that, um, was what it'll do because it's just taking a slice off of your home network. It's not taking, it's not going to use up everything that you that you have to use it, right? And one of the other cons is privacy. Right. So people worry about, oh, well, if it's doing that, like it's tracking this, that and the third, it's tracking, you know, my tile device that I may have on my on my dog, you know what I mean, to know where my dog is at and, and things of that nature. Now, 
uh, as is always the case, right? These companies always say, hey, and this is what Amazon says on this. They say, hey, we're not, we don't release broadly the information for this, right? It's not one of those things where it's, we, we don't, we don't release it to any legal or, or I don't want to say legal, but any law enforcement organization just to do it, right? There has to be something specific that they're looking for, some type of warrant, you know, uh, but they're saying it's not going to be out there for everybody, you know, to just see and do whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, it's one of those things where there are pros and cons. We live in an, we live in an age of we want that convenience, right? You know, damn security, right. make it easy for me to do. That, you know, <laughs> I mean that's really what it is. That's how it is. Right? It's the truth. Um, yeah, that's how, that's that's how we truth. all live. But you do have to be careful when it comes to stuff like this. But but that's just my stance on it. So like, what is what is your guy's stance on this, right? Yeah, so it's like uh, I think that's pretty interesting. I, so I need to make sure I actually because this is the first time actually I'm really really trying to I'm kind of new to this Amazon sidewalk, but it seems like so let me make sure I understand this. So essentially, it uses it uses your Wi-Fi to pretty much give other people Wi-Fi or like some sort of connectivity to so, to the internet. So your like Wi-Fi is kind of the source point, point, but what it does is it has all your other devices like your Ring and your Echo. They kind of like a oh, bridge, okay. kind of like an extender, right? So like they kind of act right. like extenders to other devices. So if I have, so for instance, my router is in the basement, right? But I have an echo on my middle floor, mm-hmm. right? Which will kind of act as a bridge. But then I have a Wi-Fi camera or my, or my doorbell camera is outside a little further away. So now it doesn't have to reach all the way back right. to my router. It just goes to the echo that kind of acts as a bridge, right? Because it's taking, it's acting as kind of a mini router type thing, right? to kind of extend yeah. extend out how far it goes. Now, the thing with this is this will extend, like this can extend all the, throughout a neighborhood, right? So like if I have a, a, a ring doorbell, my neighbor has one, the neighbor after that. So like they can all communicate with each other to kind of give, give the, yeah, to oh, give wow. that uh, extra little oomph. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a really fancy <laughs> product right there. I, I'm... <laughs> I'd say I'm. I'll be like a little, you know. I'd be a little cautious of like, and you know. Uh, and, and I understand it's just an update, Levon. Like they're going to do an over-air update yeah. for these devices, you know, to make sure that that's something you can yeah. opt out of it, right? So that's one of the things you can opt out right. of it. But by default, it's going to enable when they do this update. So if you're not paying attention or you don't know, like you're all of a sudden just going to have this happening, and and some people just for that security right. conscious anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, I I definitely understand people would be concerned. I mean, as far as you know, it's a I'm sure Amazon will go through the the, the steps to lock it down and make sure it's secure and all this. But I guess it, essentially people will be kind of tapping into your connection to get some, you know, for their for their uh, sidewalk connected devices. Right, they're taking some of like, your speed right from from what you pay for. <laughs> right, and, that, and that'll right, exactly. Too, right, they'll be like, well, no, don't you shouldn't have some of what I'm paying for. You know what I mean? If I, if I have a good, yeah, uh, you know, internet package in my house, and my neighbor has a terrible one, like they shouldn't benefit. Right, put put right. your own money. Yeah, and I'm thinking too because I'm I'm actually going through this right now. Actually, uh, I, I maybe uh, made too many downloads or had too many downloads this month, and I'm. Getting creeping up on that, getting over my like one terabyte limit for the month, um, because I think you know I got got the new games and I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, <laughs> I got to get the updates, this all this kind of stuff, and uh, you know, <laughs> and so I had to get some updates and redownload a couple games here and there, and I think I kind of uh, pushed the limits a little bit, but I'm thinking about this in that respect as well as if somebody's kind of tapping into my internet, and you know, I'm sure the, the device, especially the IoT devices, don't use a lot of bandwidth, a lot of data, but even just, uh, you know, things here and there, can it can wow. add up, especially if, I don't know, if you have right. a bunch of na- neighbors, if you're in like a apartment, apartment building, and all of a sudden you got like 50 neighbors kind of connecting to your stuff, right. pulling, pulling data, it can... Uh, might be able to add up and obviously with the security concerns people kind of tapping in i'm sure that i'm sure somebody out there can figure some kind of way to kind of use that for sure for but, sure and and, and uh, the white paper that amazon has on it i mean they go into all the encryption stuff right like no it's encrypted like this and it'll be safe right. and but still one of those things where yeah uh, if somebody they can get it if they yeah, want it yeah. hard enough right right if they're willing to spend the time to look into it and try to figure it out I'm sure they can get in, but it's, uh, you know, it's, and also it's dependent on, 
maybe uh, I know we we're kind of talking about the if it's worth the security versus the functionality type thing. That's always like a little balance, and depending on how um, you know what you're actually trying to protect. If you're trying to protect somebody from accessing your ring doorbell, you're trying to protect somebody from you know uh, you know connecting to your your echo things like that. I think it's uh, people may decide it's it's not worth the the risk or it is worth the risk depending on how how secure or how concerned they are about those devices being compromised yeah. but yeah i think it's it's interesting for sure yeah this this is in my opinion this is this is skynet <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> even amazon is changing like that they say it's an uh, an internet of things or iot surveillance echo ecosystem aimed at the domestic market and powered by ai so i mean come on that, that's skynet and big brother all, all wrapped into one yeah, <laughs> I, I I get I get why they're doing it though because uh, I I own uh, some of these devices. Like, I I love my Echoes. Like I talk to them, they play me music. Like I I understand it's an inherent risk, but you try to mitigate risk as much as possible. Um, but like mm-hmm. I don't have a ring doorbell anymore. I have a, a sky bell. It came with the house, right? But the way that builders build houses now, yeah. you know, the radiant shielding and the better um, construction materials to keep the uh, the AC in and the heat out. Sometimes the doorbell did not work and I had to keep calling the company out and they kept saying it was because basically uh, the doorbell couldn't catch a signal. So what they had to do is they had to install a, um, a, a Wi-Fi um, extender right there on the outside of the doorbell on the inside of my house just to give me the proper signal. So I get that Amazon is trying to mm-hmm. mitigate that because a lot of ring devices and things of that nature uh, have those issues. Uh, but then it's the it's the mess surveillance that that gets me. That's that's a a far bridge to uh, to cross. Like like people mm-hmm. can see when I come. Like if if this triple it has three layers of security, so it's really secure. I get that. But if they were to be breached, like you said, I mean, someone can literally scope out the entire neighborhood. Like it, it's cool right. that this can potentially. Um, help people it can help them you know find their pets their car keys it can save a life uh but what are we giving up for that convenience is the uh the question like if this were ever be breached how bad could it be um if if everything's talking to everything mm-hmm. and everything's listening to what i'm saying um i'm not saying anything crazy but if if i um if i want to have any level of privacy i might have to start cutting uh, off my devices and muting them and things of that nature because if my doorbell can talk to my speaker you know what I mean like there's, yeah. there's problems yeah. there. uh, what, what I, the most part I did not like um, and you know as I feel free to sponsors if you like but uh, <laughs> was the automatic uh, opt-in I didn't even know this was a thing until I read the article I received the email but I didn't I didn't read it I didn't interpret it appropriately I didn't I didn't put my cybersecurity goggles on uh, by default they toggle the switch for you and it, it was already working in my home so from here I opened up my Alexa app and I was like this thing's already running it's already doing its thing it's not out of beta yet mm. they, get, they, get, they, they got, got you like I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> most people it's toggled on right now you don't even know it and and that's the thing, Ryan. So right, so like they did send you the email, right? And in the article that I read, they were they were like, okay, you will be notified, right? But how many people are actually going to read it? So like, even you having the cyber background that you do, you were like, ah, okay, I see it, you know what I mean? And kind of glanced, glanced glanced over it a little bit, right? How many people out there that have these things are just like, ah, oh, something from Amazon, terms of service change or something, and just delete it or don't read it, right? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you would like to disable it, I have instructions. So, uh, if you like to disable this toggle switch, yeah. open up your Alexa app, go to more, go to settings, go to account settings, go to Amazon sidewalk, scroll down and toggle the Amazon sidewalk toggle switch to off. Now for them to bury it so deep, that also gives me <laughs> pause. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to search for it and yeah. I had to take screenshots so that way I can write that instruction message out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit of a journey to try to get right, to that exactly. little switch. 
and that's maybe yeah. intentional. Yeah, and so was the messaging. Uh, I think the only reason that it was tripped up, because uh, I found this through Forbes. Forbes had two articles because uh, they thought it was so important, but uh, it was blasted to the UK as well. Um, and if anybody knows anything about, I think it's called GDPR, is that it? Um, I believe so. Um, where basically it's the European Union's um, contract to civilians where you basically cannot uh, be spied on. Uh, and then if you're a company from outside the UK, uh, uh, they have right. to meet certain European mm -hmm. standards um, when it comes to the way they collect data from you. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like eight of so, them, I think, or something like that. Yeah, so somebody accidentally sent it to the UK folks as well, which right. drew flags. Like, even though they didn't push it to them, they sent them the same US email and immediately the government stepped in and said, oh, wait a minute, what is this? <laughs> Hold up now. So again, just being overcautious. Uh, if like, I, I love those devices in my home. Like I, I feel as though, like I, you know what I mean? If I need to ask the weather, instructions, who sings this song, like a bunch of dumb stuff that is not very important to most people, I, I find entertaining. Like I, I love IoT stuff, but you're literally letting uh, potentially people into your home by doing so, by, by letting these things um, collect data from you and listen to you while you speak. Because just because you don't say Alexa doesn't mean it's not listening. It's, it's waiting for you to say Alexa. Uh, right. hope that it sets my stuff off just now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's waiting for that prompt, so that means it's always <laughs> Right. That's the truth. I, I feel the same way. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I definitely have mixed emotions about the, the IoT uh, I guess like the, uh, I don't even know what you call them, but just like the listeners, just like you said, right. like the echoes and have the, um, um, the Google uh, mini, I forgot the name of that thing, <laughs> the, the, the Google version of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, something, I forgot what it's called, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I have a couple of those in my house and, you know, I think about it every now and then that, you know, somebody could be listening or, uh, it's possible somebody can, you know, hack it and, and get information from us. But same time, it's kind of a little bit of the balance between the security and functionality. It's just great to be able to ask it the weather and things like that and set up, set alarms and um, any kind of, you know, turn on lights and things like that. That's pretty handy. And I'm, uh, you know, less concerned, even though it's a risk for sure that people have to judge for themselves, but it's a risk that somebody can potentially hack into it or somehow even Google themselves might be listening in and try to get data about, uh, for their own personal gains and like advertisements and things like that. So something just got to be aware of and kind of balance the risk and the, the functionality the, that, that it gives you. Um, Cause IOT is like, it's, it's, a, it's the latest and greatest thing. And it's, it's, I don't think it's going anywhere and it's probably gonna get even more, uh, more, even more, more ingrained in, into our life. More in, ingrained. Yeah, exactly more ingrained in our lives as, as time passes because I think everything's kind of good in IoT. You can doorbell cameras and refrigerators. Yeah. Refrigerators, stoves. I think probably stoves in there somewhere and it's going to probably some toasters going to be popping up. You'll be able to check your uh, check how your bagels <laughs> are doing in the toaster remotely. <laughs> have like a little camera in there. Oh, I can see it's looking, looking a little, uh, it's getting a little brown now. I like it. <laughs> Let me pop it up now from my phone. So it's got a it's going to be something that we got to be aware of. And um, as the technology improves, we also got to make sure the security technology improves and hopefully people are kind of developing means to protect and identify those, uh, those risks and, and, and counteract any kind of uh, vandals out there trying to right. trying to take advantage of it. So speaking of people being taken advantage, that's a good segue. Um, I'll let you go ahead with uh, topic three. Yeah, Absolutely. So no, uh, one of the big things right now is is ransomware. Uh, I read, a, I came across an article, ransomware tops 2020 threat rankings, by uh, Sarah Cobble of Info, Info Security Magazine, and she was mentioning that uh, in cyber incident response cases. Uh, ransomware makes up one third of all the cases as of September 1st, 2020. So it's, it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing over the, especially over the, the recent years and people working remote. I think a lot of people are connecting to their, their office from their home 
computer, laptop, desktop, and all these companies are opening up ports and, and holes, quote unquote, holes in their environment to be able to allow people to connect in and access data. And these holes are also available for people with uh, malicious intents so they can connect to your environment and, you know, load up their ransomware uh, and pretty much have a field day. And all of a sudden your, your whole enterprise or your, your essential data is locked down. You can't, you can't get into it. They're asking for a ransom. They got a, they got your data hemmed up. So you have no choice, but to either pay them or hopefully maybe restore from a backup. If you're, if your your company is, is kind of focused on that and has that infrastructure available to back up the essential data to kind of restore it from where it was uh, to what, you know, to a, a functional state. So there's, there's some things that I think people should be aware of as far as, you know, mitigations to ransomware. I think one of the best things, first of all, is making sure you maintain patches in your environment. Things got to stay up to date. Got to, got to update your client devices as well as your servers and even your infrastructure devices, like the firewalls and, uh, you know, gateways, routers, all that kind of, all those, uh, all those appliances, they need to maintain that, those updates as well as, like I mentioned, backing up is really a, uh, uh, pretty essential too. I know it's like a, a lot of companies, it's, it's all a balanced game to how much it costs versus the cost versus like the risk. I think that's the thing. I, one of the things I learned in my cybersecurity degree, uh, if it, if it costs more than it, um, the, like the recovery of the item costs more or less than the, the security of like securing it. Um, it can affect your decision as far as how much risk or how much money you want to put into securing that, that, that um that information that that asset so with with backups they it can be costly because you have to maintain those backups and you got to store them appropriately and all this kind of stuff so it can it can ring up a, a cost for the company but it's it's very essential i think nowadays is to make sure you have some backups and redundancy so that if something goes down that you have some other fallback some failover that you can you can spin up real quick and restore your 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 services so that's one of the big things as well as I think the another one of the I don't know the ranking the ranking on this, but one of the top things that people uh, become susceptible to is just email or just um, uh, just getting uh, just getting phishing emails and stuff uh, like I forgot that. the phrase. Uh, yeah, like a phishing. Exactly. Phishing emails. And they, they see a link in there. They're like, oh, let me click on this link. It says, uh, it says it's from the, the boss or it's uh, some cool new, new uh, I don't know, it says it's coming from my, my, my bank account. It says I, I had some um, unapproved charges I need to need to confirm. And you click on some links and it takes you to some place. You log in with your, your information and somehow they get into your account. They get into your, your machine. And now they, they, have a, they have an entry point because your machine maybe is connected to your, your company's uh, company's portal or what have you you connect to your 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 work uh your work center your workspace and now they have an entryway they, just, they compromise your computer and now they compromise your they, they connect from your computer to another server to another router within your, your network and they kind of just you know daisy chain across the across the web across the the infrastructure so something that you have to be aware of and kind of monitor those i think those are like one of the best the easiest ways for uh one of the maybe most popular ways that people get into uh, compromised environments, whether it's either they're not patching properly or they don't have a, a, a proper like gateway or a firewall security, like they're not restricting network access. Um, those are probably like amongst those three um, with the, with the email phishing and, and using that to gain access. I think those are probably the most popular ways people gain access and, and infiltrate um, these networks. So those are the things you have to be aware of. And um, I think uh, ransomware is, it's just, uh, it's getting bigger and bigger. Ransomware is actually one of the things that kind of inspired me to go for, for my cybersecurity degree. And I think it's becoming like, I don't know, it's becoming just a, a big thing nowadays. It's, and companies are paying the money. They're paying millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to get their data back. 
and it kind of motivates those people that are are doing these these uh, these acts to keep doing them because they they're getting paid, they're getting their paper. So it's like um, I think that's one of the things that they say, even in, like in this article that or some articles I found that they that they recommend. You know, obviously, at, if you can, at, at, by all means, do not pay the the ransom because first of all, it's gonna it's gonna inspire them and they they are getting funded from you to keep doing it and they could pay for all their devices and resources they need to, to keep the, keep the process rolling. And, um, as well as it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you don't really know who, who you're giving your money to. And if, if they're really going to, you know, give you what they, uh, what they say they will, which, which you pay them the money, it's kind of like you're, you're counting on them to follow through with it on their word that they're going to give you the secret, the, uh, the encryption key to unlock your, your data. So you got to kind of trust the bad guy's word that they're going to help you out if you give them the money. So, um, it's, so it's, it's, become, it's become very lucrative, right? To, to, to mess with ransomware. Like the, just like you were saying right there at the end, right? These guys are making money hand over foot. Like they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're going after local governments. You know what I mean? Like cities are, brought to their knees like hey pay us this much Mm -hmm. if you want this information back and it's one of those things where you would think right after seeing like you had target a few years ago that had issues you know uh i can't remember what he was i want to say it was down in texas i could be right on that that had they were just brought to their knees hey pay us this much you know or you for you to get your information back this is where communication from the it department to like these Mm -hmm. ceos and these stakeholders this is where this is where it comes into play right so it, we can sit up in a meeting and just give the nuts and bolts, right? And say, okay, well, this protects this. If we use this system, this, that, and the third, you got to make it, you got to make the point to them when it comes to money, right? That's what they understand, especially the CEO, right? Like, okay, right. if you lose this information, you're going to get a fine, right? From the government. I'm going to fine you this much because you didn't protect it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lose customers because they're going to be like, you don't know how to protect your information. Right. You bring it to them like that, all of a sudden your ears perk up, right? And they're like, right. oh, Maybe I need to do a little bit, a little something mm-hmm. a little bit better, right? Because, like you said before, as well, is it's the it's the benefit, right? What's the cost? What's the cost of this? What's it going to cost me? Is it worth it, right? If my if my child has a little two dollar toy that they're playing rough mm-hmm. with, I don't care so much. But if they start bang, if they start banging on a PS five, you right. know what I mean? I'm like, oh, oh, oh. you know what I mean? Dollars <laughs> 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 with that two dollars versus right, that $2 right. machine. So, yeah, that ransomware it, it is very lucrative nowadays, and right. And, I can guarantee you there's a there's a lot more attacks out there that we're just not hearing about, right? And that were unsuccessful, right? Which is a good thing. But mm-hmm. if people were to hear how often those attacks mm-hmm. are attempted, they would I think they'd be very shocked at the number. Right. Yes. It's right. Definitely crazy. Um, I think that's yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah go ahead, Ryan. So, yeah. Uh, what you think about it? If you if you look at the um, the news recently, so you have Capcom, right? So Capcom, for those who don't know, um, is a video video game company that uh, made Street Fighter, they made um, Resident Evil. I mean, Honey Musha, like a ton of games. That's my right up my alley, right? It's not a game podcast, but I talk about games all day. Um, they were hit by uh, the, the Ragnar Locker um, guys. On the ninth, they say basically, "Hey, we got a terabyte of your data, uh, and we will start to leak it if you don't pay us 1.1 billion yen, or uh, the equivalent of 11 million U.S. dollars." Uh, Capcom got in front of it and basically announced to the world, "Hey, we've had a data breach." Let me go into great detail, but uh, the Ragnar guys immediately started leaking information, and then on the 11th, they bust the floodgates wide open. Uh, they lost PII uh, for customers to include. 350,000 items. Uh, they lost uh, customer support data uh, from their help desk. They lost the uh, North American Capcom uh, members' information to include names, birthdays, emails, address. Uh, and they also lost a four-year projection of their calendar, uh, which for those of us who uh, follow video game news, uh, the calendar is important because it's what dictates your e3 presentation it's the game of the year awards it's the the trailers that you you hold back until you can give them out for mass consumption to get people to want to buy your games and to get shareholders uh interest and cause the stock stock prices to rise they lost four years of that now they could move these games around they can move the dates around all that good stuff but 
we know what games are coming out and uh, a pretty good idea of how long they've been in development. So they, they, they've lost uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance along with all this customer data. Uh, let, luckily, no credit card data was stolen, at least uh, not to anyone's knowledge. Uh, a third party vendor held on to that um, point of sale information. And uh, basically they were protected, but all the Capcom's PII uh, was not protected, at least not good enough. Wow, yeah. That's like, a, it's it's becoming like such a big thing. And I think even even besides Capcom, obviously there's been a lot going on, but uh, I think one of the most concerning to me too, is I've heard like a lot of like health centers and health, uh, maybe uh, hospitals have been targeted as well. Um, especially knowing that people are in need of medical assistance and the, the hospitals are getting targeted. And, you know, they're, they're a lot of their data and services are like time sensitive. They got somebody that's needing some medical attention or on an operating table and all of a sudden their the systems go down that they need to process something or they need to, I don't know, research some information to help a patient. All of a sudden that information goes down or even if the, the patient's data gets leaked out. I mean, that's a lot of, it's a lot of, well, uh, the, P, the PHI, yeah, that's, that is very, PHI, right. people too, right? Like when it comes to pharmaceutical right. companies and things like that, like they would be very interested in what's going on out there, right? If they mm-hmm. see a certain percentage that are admitted to a hospital or suffering from this, that, and a the third, then it tells them, okay, hey, we have something for that. You know, whether we charge more, charge less or whatever it may be, right. um, that's very valuable to them, right? So especially the medical community mm-hmm. very much so yeah. you know right so that was want cry right what was that what year was that like yeah. 2017 absolutely where uh want cry hit the uh like most of europe yeah. i think it was like uh the national I health think organization so. yeah. uh or national health agency i can't remember which one it's called um but they they lost i think Two hundred thousand systems in one hundred and fifty different countries, or something like that. I, I wrote a, a paper a long time ago, um, but and and what blew my mind about WannaCry was uh, in some of the articles that I read, WannaCry has some of the best customer service uh, than the actual uh, mm. like when they're because they paid. Like a lot of people paid because that, that data was so important. Like I need to treat this guy, hurry up and give these ransomers their money unlock these files uh, and when they were doing so sometimes mm-hmm. files wouldn't unlock at least this was in the article i read and then they would call because there was a, a help desk number set up and they would talk to the ransomers and say hey i couldn't get this thing to unlock and then they would unlock it for them like that's not typical most most cases you pay the ransom and they keep the money and they they still release the data or they they keep it forever but it's so lucrative. Like they had people on the help desk. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 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 we want we want them to keep paying. So we're gonna help them unlock these files as they pay us their money. Crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy th- it's a crazy thing. And it's uh it's so uh I don't know. It's so concerning. It's it's like I think a lot of you know, companies don't just don't invest a lot of time or effort into like securing I think they security is a lot of the times is a is a second thought or like a last thought of uh a lot of big companies are just like, oh, let's get the stuff working. Let's get it like functioning smooth and, you know, make it quick and, and make it really available for all, all the team members. But they don't really consider the security aspects of it and leave themselves open. And especially like people, you know, companies that have dated software and they're still like on, you know, they're on, on Windows 95 and they got a, um, I don't know, they got some, yeah, out of date software that's not, is no longer supported, no patching, right. um, things like that. I think are some like the, the little things that can be done to, to help mitigate the risk. Um, and it's just a, a just enough. You know, if the if the, the companies just take the the effort, the initiative to just try to secure the environment and look look for these holes, I'm sure they can save a lot of money. And I we hear, would hear less stories about you know companies being compromised and. A lot of times too, like I mentioned, it's sometimes it's just the workforce too. People just actually let in these these um, these attackers without even realizing it by doing you know clicking on an email or you know uh, I think I read a story uh, a little while back. I forgot what it was company it was for, but somebody had basically reached out to one of the employees of the company and said, "Hey, if you let me do this, I'll give you a certain amount of money. If you let me like connect to your network and you know upload this ransomware." And uh, 
I think it was a lot of money too, but the employee was, you know, was a good employee, was a, uh, had some integrity and actually, you know, uh, you know, filed information or like provided information to this person of this person's uh, intent to the the law enforcement, whoever they needed to. And uh, they got dealt with and, you know, prevented the, the company from being uh, compromised. And I think actually now I think about it, I think it was Tesla that that was happening to. So I thought that was kind of interesting, right. but See, seems like you're trying you know, to make me a segue. Who knows what's uh, good? Good idea. Hey, listeners, please remember that you can support this podcast directly by becoming members of the show's Patreon. Here, you'll be able to listen to the podcast seven days early, completely ad-free. However, in these trying times, we understand that you may not be able to become a Patreon just yet. In that case, please listen to the show once it's available on free feeds, leave us constructive feedback, and share with your blurred friends and family. Thank you. Patrick's. <laughs> our new new segment called patch notes so if you're right your systems you might not get as much ransomware but uh again patch notes our new segment so what i wanted to do was every week we're starting to see a lot more um especially this year i don't, I don't know if it's just 2020 or if i'm just more in tune um since i've you know been doing a lot of studying but it seems every week companies disclose um why they're patching our systems. So I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to take that and then we can kind of spin into a segment where we can talk about the latest and greatest of the week. And if these systems are being patched, which most likely they are, that's how patches work. We don't we don't tell you what we're patching prior to creating a patch because then you would exploit it, obviously. But then just to give people a warning so that way they, they update or they um, they upgrade their firmware, what have you, because um, sometimes it's not automatically pushed to you like sidewalk. Um, so this week we have Tesla and we have Facebook Messenger for the Android um, operating system. So with Tesla, I read an article by ZD.net uh, where a Belgian security research student in his PhD um, studies at Leonard uh, Waters, which I'm probably butchering his name, uh, discovered a hack on the Tesla Model X that allows you to steal it in minutes. So what the hack does is, or to say how he how he discovered the hack, is that you and me and everybody else can purchase the uh, Tesla X key fobs off of eBay or you could even uh, purchase what's called an electronic computer unit or ECU from a salvaged old Model X. And then we can modify those to then uh, steal the unlock keys basically from a uh, a Tesla X um, driver. So it's not as easy as it sounds uh, when it comes to sneak up on somebody stealing their stuff, but the amount of equipment required is not that much, and the price is not that bad, actually. Um, so what he discovered was you can modify an older ECU uh, as long as you're within five meters of the person. You can ensnare their key fob, and then you can, within 30 meters of the person, push a malicious firmware update to their fob. And then you can take your ECU with the uh, the key fob unlock codes from the... Uh, the victim, unlock their vehicle. Uh, once inside their vehicle, you can plug in your ECU to the maintenance port in the Tesla uh, Model X, and then you can then push the uh, unlock code to your key fob and then take off with the car. So he said this could be done in a matter of um, 15 minutes if you're quick enough. Obviously, you also have to uh, take into account how big an ECU is. Uh, apparently, it fits in a in a backpack, so you would have to be extra stealthy if you wanted to make this happen. But luckily, uh, he discovered this. He turned it over to Tesla. Um, usually, when you uh, when you find a bug and you give it to a company, it can secure you a job or it could even uh, provide you a cash reward. It doesn't state whether which one of those happened in this case, or it could just be for his PhD, um, which would be you know kudos to this guy. But uh, 
Tesla is now pushing this week anyway, Tesla is now pushing an over the air software update to prevent this from happening. So obviously this is a, a crazy um, test case, but uh, they have a, uh, a firmware patch that fixes it. Um, before I get to the next one, any, any thoughts? So this, this is a new one. So I thought I saw is probably several months ago now. Um, and it may not have been the same type of thing, but this was this kind of it was one of those articles I was reading where they were telling us to like wrap our key fobs in foil when you're inside your home. So like I, I want to say it was a video of a Tesla that was outside in someone's driveway and their key fob was in the house and it had to be within like 45 feet or something like that. And they had some type of device that would get the signal from the fob that would unlock the vehicle and allow them to get in and drive away. So that, that's great. a little bit different. That's a little bit okay. different. So that, that's called rolling code. Yeah. Um, okay. Rolling code is something that can can be done um, to several different models of vehicles. So I'm not sure if Tesla is more susceptible to rolling code than others, but um, it's definitely something that you, you pick up when you when you do your CH um, that you're supposed to get those key files further away from your uh, your vehicles further away from your vehicles. Yeah. Your front door, because someone could yeah. roll up to your uh, your driveway and potentially um, hijack your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's the one I've seen too. Yeah, where they actually have like a, yeah. I don't know, they use some sort of like cable line or something, and uh, like tap it to the yeah. some sort of antenna with a capture in your your key fob and fe- you know feeding it back to the car that's now parked out out front. Yeah, the one I saw it uh, was I I saw it was footage like from too. the home security camera in, in the driveway. Yeah, it's, it's right. kind of hard yeah. to. Um, so I know some mm-hmm. people manufacture um, like um, key lockers that that do the same thing. Like you put your keys in the locker, like you would put on the hook in the kitchen, but you put it in this locker, and then it protects your vehicle from that. But it, it's so hard to do when you're when you're not um, a single person. You know what I mean? Like you're you gotta you gotta opt in, get your spouse to opt in with it. You look crazy, you wrap yourself in foil. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, right. being right. in this field makes you look like a nutcase until you go yeah. outside and your car is gone then you're like aha I told you <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't that's know right. if I don't know if it's worth it at that point <laughs> that's right <laughs> and I, and I gotta call my insurance company up and be like hey uh, <laughs> right but yeah this this, this hack was uh, right. I mean, there, there's been several different Tesla hacks I, I don't think it's because Tesla necessarily is more susceptible to other vehicles it, it may be, but uh, it's a hot topic. So everybody wants to hijack a Tesla, right? They want to hijack the, the electric cars. So a lot of these uh, bugs are being found because of it. Yeah, it's like Tesla's the latest and greatest new thing, and everybody's going to be kind of like eyeballing them. And anytime there's, uh, you know, technology involved, people are going to try to find ways to, to uh, you know, circumvent the protections and find a little little hacks and little Plus things very, that you use I'm to get biased. access to. I, yeah, I want a Tesla. So, <laughs> I know I want a Tesla one day. I'm going to defend them. Yeah. 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 Hey. Or maybe Tesla hey, will sponsor us. If you yeah. want to sponsor us, please reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Give us all a Tesla to drive around and then we can let right. people know how good they are. We can yeah. quote unquote test the security <laughs> and uh, for about five years, you know, functionality. <laughs> Make sure it works. Make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do about five years. Yeah, so, five years would um, be good. The other patch note uh, <laughs> comes from Facebook Messenger. So I remember maybe last year, or it could have been a year before. This, this year has been so long. But I remember Android users gloating that my iPhone uh, FaceTime was hackable. Like uh, there was this this um, this vulnerability where someone could call your um, your iPhone on FaceTime. And they could listen to your conversation before you accepted it. It was huge, huge article that came out about it. People were all like, oh, my God, people are listening to me. Um, but it, it was only affecting FaceTime. And I remember having my Android friends mock me because of it. Now <laughs> the shoe's on the other foot. I, obviously, this is a French case. <laughs> um, but there was, make sure I get credit where credit is due. Uh, there was an article in the nextweb.com that a Natalie Silvanovich from the Google Project Zero um, 
she's a researcher. She found that you can do something similar to Facebook Messenger, um, but it's a little bit more fringe, right? Um, in this one, to start the attack, the hacker would have to initiate a call and send a specially crafted invisible message. And then they uh, could listen to the, the audio uh, on the person that they called. Um, but it gets real fringy because the vulnerability was only exploitable mm. in special circumstances. Um, both the attacker and victim would need to have logged into Messenger for Android. In addition to that, the victim also needed to log into Messenger through the web browser. And then lastly, the attacker would need permission to call the victim, meaning they would already be the victim's friend on the list. So it is a bunch of hoops you got to jump through to make this happen. But she was able to do it. Um, and Facebook is patching it, I believe, either last week or this week. And they're doing so. Be, uh, they're, they're, they announced it because it's in conjunction with their 10th uh, anniversary of the Bug Bounty program, uh, where basically Facebook pays people to find vulnerabilities uh, on a regular basis. So, yes, Android users, you are hackable too. But uh, in this case, it, it, it's so many hoops to jump. <laughs> it's not, probably not going to happen to you. But well, you, so from what you were saying, you had to be logged into the browser right. and the phone as well, though. Yes. Or to be successful. Yeah. And I don't know if that's really the case. Right. Like, I, I, and maybe it is. Right. But I figure if you have it up on your browser, you're probably not going to have it up on your phone. If you have it up on your phone, you're not going to have it on your browser. But I don't know. Maybe some people need them both up at the same time. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it is a very fringe case. But mm-hmm. if you can exploit it one way, perhaps they would have found a way to exploit it in a more reasonable way. Either way, I'm gloating. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, the eavesdrop club. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's right, though. I still, uh, I still prefer my Let's Android go. over the silly little <laughs> iPhones. Just, <laughs> just kidding. No, they're great phones. All the, all the, uh, they, they all have their, uh, their pros and cons for sure. I like the, uh, and I- iPhones like probably like yeah, one of the most popular phones out there, yeah. at least in the in the states for sure. I think globally, I think Android. It's yeah, yeah I think globally Android has a. Uh, the leg ups because they they so many they're kind of a little bit open source I believe and a lot of a lot of companies can use the the Android operate the um, source code and kind of use that to to build out their own operating right. system like Samsung and I think there's some other companies out there as well like OnePlus and they all use like the Android uh, like a spinoff of uh, Google's like uh, base image or whatever you call it but iPhone is definitely one of the top ones especially in the states and other countries as well, but um, they got like a, a big, a big uh, following. <laughs> a lot of people kind of like, uh, it's almost like a cult. I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of iPhone users, once you get like a, a iPhone, you get the, you get the phone, you gotta get the laptop, then you gotta get the, the pad and you gotta get the, uh, I don't know. You gotta yeah, get that, the that Apple ecosystem latest, can get latest and greatest iPhone gadget. Yeah. 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 My, my whole family's in it. So I yeah. need quite a pretty penny. As the kids, they all want they all want the AirPods all of a sudden. But it's it's just the simplicity of it all, right? right. So my last yeah, was a Note Three. I love that phone. Still my favorite phone of all time. Yeah, I I kept it until it finally uh, broke. I think they were on like the Note Eight or Nine by the time my my Note Three died. Um, so I'd buy an iPhone real quick for a trip, a work trip. Uh, but then once you're in that ecosystem, it's like ah, it just works. So, call me call me lazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and I think those uh, the, I read something a while back, but the the AirPods, I think they're like the most. They actually make the most money for Apple right now than like any of their other products. From what I understand, like they're 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 like just hand over fist. They're making so much money from the like everybody's getting AirPods like. Uh, even people that don't even have like an iPhone, because you can use them with other devices too. But uh, 
And accessories it's like are like such that a big money maker board, for, though, for the company like, right now. Even yeah. with gaming systems, right? Like on the consoles, they'll tell you, hey, we're losing money on the consoles. Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, the controllers, the headsets, the games, like that's where the money is being made. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, except for your Matt right. Cats. Y'all remember Matt right. Cats? That's a, a, a callback. I, I do. They used to make all the third-party stuff. Yeah, yeah that's they used right. To, used, to, used to get hot for no reason. You'd be like, why is my controller on fire? I don't, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. What's my controller? I think they're still yeah. I don't think they make accessories. Yeah. Like that, but I think they do something different. It's one of those companies where they do anything to uh, survive. I got to look into that now. What is Matt Cats doing? <laughs> I just, oh, I just pulled them up. I see that they're, I'm making some like, uh, some mice. Mad. I see like a, a bunch of mice popped up as soon as I put in Mad Cats. Like, uh, but maybe that's like another, like a variation of the company. We'll make whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe somebody took over the name. Or... Like whatever whatever yeah. it is, though, it's going to overheat. Just put it out. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, Before I get sued by Mad Cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I say doing a lot of PC stuff nowadays. That's kind of cool. They like enough yeah, of the game and stuff. The There's too many, uh, yeah. too many game systems out there which go to PC. Yeah, they were they were the I would say yeah. the, the best third party though. Like, like I don't That's know. Cool. I, I bought my son a uh, this is completely off topic, but I bought my son a controller um, when the PS4 like two of them uh, broke over the past seven years. So not a bad product. But I bought him a third party, and even I couldn't play on it. I was like, this is trash. Felt like it was flexing in my hand. I was like, what is what? How can why can no one buy, build a, a competitive competitive controller <laughs> that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Like, why well, gotta buy a scuff or some some elite controller? Why can't you just make me a, a right. twenty dollar knockoff like back in the day? Yeah, especially as a as a young up and comer trying to put together a couple of pennies to buy something, saving up allowances or Mowing some lawns. I remember, uh, 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 yeah, I remember just growing up. Like my mom would would give me allowance weekly, and I'd I'd ask her like, "Hey, uh, there's a new video game coming out. Can I get the allowance early?" And then uh, you know, I just <laughs> you don't have to pay me for the next three weeks or whatever. <laughs> I gotta get this new game. It's, it's like a for like a a, a druggie on the street or something. Like, oh, I gotta get that that new fix on the, <laughs> the new game. Nothing's changed. My son did that to me. I think he just. He, uh, he wanted 2K21, but he wanted the, the, the Mamba edition. And he, he didn't have enough uh, allowance left. So he was like, yeah. I'll give you what I got. <laughs> and then you could not pay me until, until after Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's how I, that's how I would do, do my mom back in the day. <laughs> hey, I can pay for a hamburger today. I'll pay you back on Tuesday. That's yeah, that. Guy Mario Hustle, man. It still, still works out. That had, like that had nothing to do with anything. I appreciate y'all going down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think that was a That's good right. show. Um, That's right. It's good times. Obviously, everybody, uh, please leave your feedback, questions, concerns, comments. If you're a Patreon, definitely leave us your questions, uh, com- comments, and concerns. Uh, for all those of you who are listening on those free feeds, uh, the easiest address to remember is www. The other side of the firewall.com. That's www.theothersideofthefirewall.com. That leads you to everything. It leads you to the Patreon. It leads you to social medias. It leads you to um, uh, the RSS feed. However, you did. And then if, if this hasn't already happened, because we're talking in the future, right? Like, Patreons get this uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Um, and then free fees will get it a week later. Hopefully by then everything will be sorted out and you'll be able to find us on uh, uh, Apple, Deezer, um, CastBox. Uh, man, the list goes on and on and on. Like I submitted to everybody and their mom, uh, Spotify. So we should be everywhere, hopefully by episode two when it drops on the free feed. So you can find us uh, in all those places. Uh, you gentlemen have anywhere or you want to point them in any directions? All quiet on the Western Front over here. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you go cybersecurity. You get you get uh, paranoid. So <laughs> if you want to if you want to reach out to me, I actually created a Twitter, uh, and that, that really <laughs> you, I've come a long way. I've I've never had a Twitter, so I'm tweeting at thirty seven. 
uh, at Rai Rai Security Guy. That's at Rai Rai, that's R-Y-R-Y, Security Guy, all one word. That's my Twitter account. I have not tweeted anything because I don't know how to tweet. But I will put these show notes in there. Uh, with <laughs> the uh, Not the, the whole run of show, but just like how to secure your, uh, your sidewalk and those things on there from here on out. Just security tips. So please hit up the account. Well, I think that does it for this week. Yeah. All right. Well, absolutely. I definitely appreciate I think, you guys. Uh, Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Lavelle. Um, uh, thanks for bearing with all these. Uh, yeah, that was a great show. Internet issues I'm having currently. We will work it out. I'll find a way. But, uh, and, yeah. And then. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that you're able to uh, connect with us over the uh, over the long distance uh, as well. So then add add some more miles to where you guys are at. And then you have like, well, it's a miracle this is working. <laughs> so definitely appreciate you right. guys. Thank you for those all those who are listening, uh, whether you be patrons or or um, add, add or from the free fees. I appreciate y'all. Please give us your feedback. We can only make the show better by receiving your feedback. That's all I got. All right, y'all. Be easy. Be safe. All right. Peace. Happy holidays. Yeah, take care. Until we meet again. Hey, listeners. Please remember that you can support this podcast directly by becoming members of the show's Patreon. Here, you'll be able to listen to the podcast seven days early, completely ad-free. However, in these trying times, we understand that you may not be able to become a Patreon just yet. In that case, please listen to the show once it's available on free feeds. Leave us constructive feedback and share with your blurred friends and family. Thank you.